0: Welcome to FASD HOPE, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 21 years of living experience. FASD HOPE provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD HOPE, Natalie Beck-Young. Welcome to today's episode. Thanks for joining us today. Melissa Jacobus has been advocating for her adopted children and for the rights of all individuals with FASD since 1998. At the national level, she is a parent advocate and member of the Justice Task Force for FASD United, and she has served as a member of the Speakers Bureau for the Centers for Disease Control's Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorders Southeast Regional Training Center. In 2019, Ms. Jacobus was inducted into FASD United's Tom and Linda Daschle FASD Hall of Fame. The Accomplice is an FASD living experience, a message of hope, and a call to action to bring awareness and assist the 1 in 20 who are impacted by this invisible disability of FASD. Melissa Jacobus, author of The Accomplice, is a proud sponsor of the Run Fast, Run FASD 2023 Virtual 5K. And now, today's episode with Kat Meinhardt of Dreammakers. Welcome to today's episode of FASD Hope. I have a returning guest who I am thrilled to be speaking with. She's doing amazing things with her new initiative, with her new nonprofit and something that I think has been needed for so long in the FAST community. Um, it's called dream makers and I am just very excited about it, not only as a mom, but as a podcaster, as a parent advocate. And, um, Today's guest is just, I have a lot of respect for her because she wears a lot of hats and I know how important this project, as well as advocating uh, for individuals with FASD, is to her and her family. So with that lengthy introduction, welcome back, Catherine
1: Kat Meinhardt of Dream Acres. Kat, welcome back to FASD Hope. Thanks, Natalie. I, it's great to be here. Great to be with you again. We had so much fun, and um, the last time that we we got together. So, I'm um, looking forward to it.
0: We did. We did. It was one of my first group interviews with Kansas FASD Support Network, and I had a blast. I have to tell you, like it, it, it was it was just like a party on Zoom. So, yes,
1: <laughs> we all had fun. We all had fun.
0: <laughs> so, I'm really excited about what's happening. Um. Let's talk about, and if you want to go back and listen to that episode, by the way, it's episode 99 and it aired in November, 2021, which was almost two years ago. So um, for listeners who are not aware of your work with Kansas FASD support network, and now with Dream Acres, can you just fill us in on
1: what you've been doing in the FASD community? Yeah. Um, hard to believe that interview was almost two years ago already. Thank <laughs> goodness. Um, Yeah, so I've been involved in the FASD community for nearly 12 years now. My husband and I are parenting 11 children, um, nine of whom have started life with various amounts of prenatal exposures to drugs and alcohol. I actually um, first started parenting three uh, kids that I was fostering out of the Kansas foster care system. When they were diagnosed with FAS, uh, there was nothing here in Kansas, like most of us, um, were handed, here you go, you have your diagnosis. Now what do we do? So I really became, at that point, out of necessity, a self-made advocate, a trainer. I was educating and teaching and training uh, in and around Kansas uh, because of that necessity. There just wasn't enough uh going on. I helped co-found the Kansas FASD support network about 3 years ago now and that nonprofit has been uh, amazing. We advocate and support and educate those in and around our state. And then my latest uh, little project for my 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 pastime I guess my my free time, right, Um, has been Dream Makers. Uh, This has been an amazing opportunity that we've been busy with. Uh, We actually founded that nonprofit almost a year ago now and have been very, very busy. Uh, Still teaching, still training, still talking with uh, schools, adoptive parents, foster parents, everybody that I can to help. So, And Kat, you have shared what so many parent advocates,
0: um, you know, advocates who are spouses, advocates who just have any relationship with someone living with an FASD have shared. Um, You became an advocate because there was nothing there. there. There was no support. And if I had a nickel for every time someone said, you get the diagnosis. Okay, there you go. You're on your way. Oh, my goodness. It would. It's really something. Unfortunately, that is repeated so often that you get the diagnosis. But now what? You know, it's, it, it. It's actually. I, I. I think I might have a hashtag for this episode. You know, get a diagnosis. Now what? Because exactly. you know, it, it's just. It's something which you and I are both helping to advocate for the FASD Respect Act. You know, this is one of the many reasons why we need this legislation, you know, not only on a state basis, but on a national basis, because so many of us families, we get these diagnoses, but then there are no supports. We either have to create them or we have to go across state borders. So I'm so thankful for the work that you and Kansas FASD Support Network and now Dream is doing. And... As the mom of a now young adult with an, living with an FASD, I'm really excited to hear and just learn as much as I can about DreamMakers because you and I both know that when you do get that diagnosis, um, no matter what age, we learn that as the dismaturity gap widens, so does the gap of not having sources. Resources, you know, it, it it becomes like it bottoms out, and then when your loved one turns eighteen, there's nothing out there unless they qualify because of another diagnosis. You made the announcement about Dreammakers year ago. I was just so excited, and I had so much hope. So let's talk about that. What led? I mean, I know necessity, you know, led Dreammakers, but but how was Dreammakers born? How how did it come to fruition?
1: I first learned about FASD, gosh, probably 20 years ago, 25 years ago. I knew enough when I became a foster parent 12, almost 13 years ago, 12 years ago. I, I didn't even want to parent kids with FAS or FASD. I'm a social worker by training. And that was just the one thing I was just like, I don't want to do that. So, you know, my kids were... Uh, placed in my home, two boys, and they had the litany of diagnosis, like most of the ADHD, oppositional defiant, you know, the whole alphabet soup. So as I went forward, it didn't take long for me to realize there was more. And we got that diagnosis. And we were cruising along fine, just like you said, you know, when they're elementary age, you You're you're teaching the teachers. You're educating the staff. You're you're talking to the schools. You're doing all those things, and they can survive quite well. Um, Early elementary age is is okay. Uh, As we fast forwarded, we ended up homeschooling, and and even though I was a single parent, I ended up homeschooling, but. That gave me the ability to focus on their strengths. If it was a bad math day, I could do something else. You know, we could work around those things. So when my oldest at the time, uh, well, this was probably about three, four years ago, I realized my oldest at home at the time was about 14, that he was not going to live alone or completely independent alone as a young adult. I think you had that same experience. I purchased a property that's about nine acres because I thought I could put a tiny house out back. He'll be able to have some independence, but yet not have to cook because even at 14, 15, he didn't have the capacity to realize He saw something boiling over on the stove. He knew to come tell me or ask a question about vividly. This was one time he came to me. He said, are you making eggs for dinner? I was like, no. And then I was like, why? And he goes, well, there's like this yellow stuff boiling out of the pot. And I said, well, did you turn the stove down? No. Did you move the pot? No. And I've turned and I come around the corner and look. And it was like cheddar broccoli noodles or something. It's pouring all out of the thing down the stove to the floor, right? So I knew I had to do something. So I have this property. Um, I single parent, we're we're homesteading, we were doing the homeschooling, all of that. I met my husband, um, and we got married, and we, as we were talking about things, he always had a dream and a, a heart's desire to to possibly open up a home for unwed mothers or you know serving in a different kind of mission and as we kind of talk through things we realized this would be i mean so needed very clearly we know that we don't have a facility like this we have something similar in um Wisconsin so we but there's just nothing you know where do we turn i have another friend who lives here in town her daughter i think is 19 now same issue like what am i going to do you know where do we go our Now what, right? Mm -hmm. So that is really how this became even a possibility. We started our nonprofit. We figured we would run down this uh, gamut and process of fundraising and things. We looked at various different properties, just getting ideas. We looked at a hundred acre horse farm that had a beautiful barn, Um, but we're going to have to build living quarters and facilities for residents. So we just, you know, I wasn't putting out that kind of money for, for that. And lo and behold, last year, probably almost a year ago, uh, we came across an old church camp for sale right here in Topeka, nearly 44 acres, beautiful property. We have 41 buildings. Uh, I think there's 38 cabins. So we have a A dining hall. We have a big uh, meeting space. We have all of this right here. We came out and looked at the property. We walked through one cabin that um, was studded out for a remodel. And when we walked through it, we were like, this is exactly what we had envisioned. Upstairs has three individual living quarters, a bathroom and a bedroom for each resident and then downstairs there's another what looked to be like it might have been a master bedroom at the time or going to be a kitchen living room area and so we were like this is exactly what we would do all of the hvac units were already bought and sitting there all of the toilet sinks all of that was sitting there cabinets for the kitchen sitting there like all this stuff was already done so we kind of looked at each other and we're like okay god so mm. this is the location right and and so we've just been working that process of of trying to pro- purchase the property and and get on site so that's where we are i mean it's been a a, a kind of crazy whirlwind fun um adventure um to get us to where we we are now. So, first of all, I
0: totally forgot that you homeschooled. So we have mm-hmm. that. I I'm like yes, yes. 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 I knew in the whole homesteading and everything. I remember us talking about that. I love how you acknowledge that this is divinely orchestrated. You know, yes. so much of our journeys and so many parents and families share when they have to create something new. Whether it be a book, uh, an organization, a nonprofit, a community, anything that it's really, you know, they really feel that it's it's God orchestrated, that things are just like boom, 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 boom. Things just fall into place because of. Of God's timing and God's orchestration, so I'm I'm so so excited to hear that cat. And I know that on your website and in emails, I I'm I'm a subscriber to your emails, um, which we will share. By the way, we'll share all of this information at the end of this episode, as well as in our program and our social media um, links. But I love seeing the progress. So that happened about a year ago and take me through the past year because I know you all have done so
1: much and you guys have been so busy. It it has been crazy busy. We became an affiliate for, uh, we are an affiliate with FASD United. Awesome. So that was great. We're the second one here in Kansas. Um, we were able to go to the Red Shoe Gala last year, my husband and I. So that was fun. We're looking forward to the summit upcoming, we obviously are on site. We actually took over the property in May um, due to some glitches. You know, it's really interesting how, um, you know, it's one thing buying a house when you're a couple, a married person, a single, whatever, you know, you're individually buying a house, trying to buy a property with a brand new nonprofit throws a whole nother level of, challenges into play. So getting, trying to get financing for a brand new nonprofit is basically impossible. So Mm -hmm. the, we've had a lot of negotiations back and forth with, with the board, but it's been great that they've been really, uh, they're excited. The the folks that we're purchasing from, because we want to keep the history of this property alive. We don't want to just, you know, there was people who wanted to come in and just demolish stuff out and never our intention this is just perfect it's such it just fits for our our kids and our young adults um so we're on site uh we have been remodeling our first girls cabin we have had you know some folks that have been gracious with their skills and their time um professionals plumbers electricians things like that helping us get this done literally the drywall has finished uh this week on that building so we are literally i'm hoping friday we're gonna have the sewer and the water hooked to that building Yay! right I <laughs> <laughs> never knew that i'd be this excited about the the little things really exactly um We've hired another staff person who is super excited to be able to help supervise, job coach, and and work around the property. We are actually getting ready to go. So by the time this airs, we will have gone and come back from the NACAC conference next week in Kansas City. So that is very exciting to be able to share what we have here we have a couple of folks that are interested. We have got somebody coming out for a tour next week. We have a male resident ready to move in. Right now we're using the building that's going to be the first male building we're using um, while we are waiting for the other one. Because my first female resident ended up needing to move here early. So we accommodated that. Um so it's been a crazy whirlwind, um, but it's been great as far as just watching everybody and being able to educate more and more of the community. We have a big, what well, we have a big food factory near us, um, Reesers, and they have partnered as good community. I know we've met with them. They are offering job opportunities for those individuals, literally that could walk across the street. And they'll create jobs to help fit what our individual is capable of. And that's just been amazing. Our uh, local bank, we switched to, to U.S. Bank, and the bank branch managers came out after a branch manager meeting for the region and volunteered their time one afternoon. So we had like 12 branch bank managers out here (laughs) working yard work and landscaping and weeding and just simple projects that we need done. So it has been a lot of fun to see what has been just unfolding here on site. Ah, I love, love hearing
0: that. So let's take a deep dive now into Dream Acres and what you're offering for the FASD community. And Another theme that I hear recurring um, so many times, and you and I have talked about this too, is is interdependence. It really sounds like Dream Acres is almost like a launch pad for interdependence. And you have this big, beautiful former church camp that's on forty-four acres now being converted into this wonderful residential slash vocational training slash skills slash just about everything. Let's talk about. What is
1: the dream maker's um, life, the lifestyle? So our vision really is to be that intermittent launch pad. Where goal our goal and our, our thinking is approximately 18 to 25 years old, but we're not going to kick anybody out at 26. Our resident that's here now is making long-term plans. This is their home for indefinitely, which I love. Uh, and that's really what we want to do. But we want to be that that stepping stone for those that that feel they need that. You and I both know, when our kids turn 18, yes, chronologically, they're 18, their schoolmates are stepping out to college, living on their own, whatever that may be. But our loved one's brain is functioning at about nine. And so they think they need to be out on their own, just like their peers. However, we all know they they really can't. And there's times where they know they don't function that way as well. So we want to be able to guide that. They have the feeling of, I'm out from mom and dad. I have that independence, like my peers But yet we're all here as a big family. And that's what I always, you know, talk to everyone. We do have that family feel here. We are just growing our family and that person's family is, we just are all meshing, you know, together to help. And so what we're looking at is we are following the design principles that really came out of a study that Proof Alliance did in 2018. They did a lot of research and got input from housing providers, caregivers, young adults with FASDs of what they wanted. They wanted it to be welcoming. They wanted it to be connected to nature, you know, close to services, all those types of things. So we have, um, I mean, obviously, we're connected to nature. We got 44 acres. We have trails cut through. We have a creek here, all these types of opportunities. Being that we are in Topeka, we have public transportation close by. Our public transportation also now has something called Metro on Demand. So an individual can call and schedule to be picked up and taken to whatever appointment that they have. We have all those partnerships that we're building with the community. We are looking at being very memory supportive. We want to be able to have those supports like picture directions as needed and just have everything be part of our day-to-day living here so that no one doesn't fit in. It just is part of our culture. Being sensory aware of the the way the, the buildings are, the way life goes, uh, we are going to be, you know, fully fenced and secure. We'll have overnight staff to make sure, uh, no one wanders off the property and no one wanders onto property. Um, you know, just all those types of things that we, what we would want for our own kids and the safety things that we want, um, That's what we're putting, you know, after parenting for 12 years and knowing life one day is going to be completely different than life the next day gave us that advantage versus somebody who hasn't parented. And I think that's, again, where a lot of what all of us do as parents in the FASD community do because we get it, we know it, we understand it therefore we have to teach and train everybody else and that's what we do so yes
0: and you're taking it to the next level too because again like like we said earlier you have these these supports and services preschool early intervention and then elementary some more and then middle school and then high school and then 18 boom,
1: boom. crickets Nothing, right crickets chirping really exactly and and try to advocate like here in Kansas, it's a struggle. We have the IDD waiver here in Kansas with approximately a 10-year wait list. So if you and don't- have- You're
0: only, you're. and I'm very tongue in cheek here in North Carolina, oh, anyone 10. listening. We're all, only 10. We're above you. Our average weight is 10 and a half years. Yeah, they so say 10 I, to
1: 12, Yeah, which yeah. I didn't know. I mean, somebody-
0: I've, I've heard 15 down here.
1: I've, yeah. I've, somebody I've, years ago, kind of just like on the sly mentioned, you might want to get your kid on the IDD waiver, you know, blah, blah, blah. When they're five. Right. Now I'm like, <laughs> hello. I know. That would have been before my child turned
0: 18 and he so- needs- this is, right? So everyone, this is the mom venting portion of our episode. <laughs> <laughs> we'll return to our regular programming in just a minute. We're
1: going to vent a little bit about that waiver waitlist. But, oh my But that's goodness where Christ. we all have to yes. then continue yes. to advocate, not only yes. for the FASD Respect Act, but in like our states.
0: Disability. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And when you, when you talk to those people who are like, you hear, oh, we don't have a waitlist. It's like, oh, Oh, you know this this light, and you're just like amazed. But again, y- we don't live in that state. So what do we have right. to do? We have to. What create, do we?
1: Do? We have to. And I'm going to try to professionally. Um, I am trying to meet those needs of of individuals from other states. We we will do private pay. We'll do. Um, I will do my best to run the gamut of getting uh, service agreements with provide with like state medicaid or insurances from other states so that that's I not know a- you also i know when we talked initially about this too you also
0: talked about you are working you are trying to work with um ssi ssdi as far as incorporating that funding so if you have applicants who are yes. on either of those um in addition to the waiver um of in their state that you are working and that okay so Parents of, of young adults listening, this this is huge. This is really huge because we know that having those services for our loved ones, but then not really having a place where they can grow, because we know. And and another thing, I'm we're gonna stop venting now. I think that was a good vent <laughs> session. That was a very short one. It was. Um, we we know, Kat and I, and so many of you know that our loved ones, our young adults brains do not stop growing do not stop learning until they're like in their late 20s so you've got this time that we can still take advantage of to still teach to still model to still you know um, foster interdependence so this this is critical which is why i'm so thankful you you and your husband have created dream makers because you're acknowledging it's almost like i want to say it's almost like Almost like a community college slash life skills slash vocational slash. You know, you've just you're addressing all of the needs of of a young adult, no matter safe safe environment for our yes our loved ones, which is
1: probably priority number one, honestly, because they could go out, and that's the thing. Trying to keep them from going out. Because we know they could easily fall victim to human trafficking or the Mm. gangs and so easily slip into the wrong situation. I have a, a friend whose son had a friend who convinced him to go get some money down from the corner gas station. Very easily convinced him to do that. The child did not understand because of the FASD that we're robbing the corner gas station, right? Mm -hmm. So trying to give all of our kids when they become young adults, the opportunity that they would have if they were neurotypical with all of these supports. So it's just, it is what it is. And, and it's life is normal. They get to be normal. They
0: get to have that experience that their neurotypical peers have of going to school, to going to college, to going to a trade school, to going to have a gap year or or just do their thing. We know, you and I know that so many of our young adults' friends are, are gone. They, you know, after 18, they're gone. And same thing with family members who are relatives of that age. So having a community where people get the journey, and people, we work so hard as parents to create this kind of bubble for our our kids so that they have a community that kind of goes with them. And then honestly, the bubble gets popped when they turn 18, 19, because everybody goes and goes on and do, does their thing and they're still there. So that's why this is just so needed. So let, let's talk about yeah. what services what um, programs, what is involved in Dreammakers? because you are so, you and your husband, when you developed this, you really met first of all, safety number one and and again, for the mom and me, that just is penultimate. you you really, especially with the diagnosis of of an FASD, We know that, like you said, uh, there are so many vulnerable uh, situations that that our kids can get into. Let's talk about the programs. Let's talk about just the the layers of support that um, our, our kids can get.
1: So one of the first things that we do is having, you know, the job opportunities on site, which is definitely unique because this is a church camp. It has still been functioning as a conference and retreat center. We have many cabins that are available to rent out overnight for the cabin rentals. And so we have the hospitality option of cleaning those types of things. We have a center that is rented about 6,000 square foot dining hall, but it's rented pretty much every Saturday right now through October for birthday parties, wedding receptions, et cetera. So there's the cleaning after that. And we have a staff member who primarily does that. But if that interests someone, then we have that. I'm looking to partner with a local chef that is training upcoming chefs. So we will eventually have on-site catering for those events. And then we can train someone who their interest is food services. They could get involved in that. We actually are in the process of moving a greenhouse on site and we are going to have aquaponics. And so I don't know if you know, aquaponics, it's one of my, my husband's favorite things. So it's the whole fish in the water that feed the plants the whole life cycle here. So we want to be able to grow our own produce here on site, which is priority number one for what we grow. But priority number two is that we sit in the middle of a very large food desert there's a very impoverished community right across the side street from us and there's no grocery store local that they can walk to so one of the things that we are planning is with all the things that we do we're gonna have a black soldier fly larva farm which sounds really gross but they're not like normal flies they don't like eating all they do is this one quick thing but they love compost they love food scraps so those are great and then they they lay their their little larva which are great for the chickens but they uh this life cycle we what we want to do is we want to partner with this local community give them a bucket save your food scraps we come collect the bucket give you a fresh bucket we weigh your bucket you get a certain amount of produce back for the weight What's of that? what you i want. love so, that so we're really looking to impact the community in a positive way. And it's, again, it's a great industry and job opportunity for those here. We have um, my son who's going to be moving on site. He loves landscaping and mm-hmm. all of this. So that's one of his his things. So we have our landscaping. We have our grounds and maintenance crew. We have our, our um, aquaponics and our things. So that's what we... Right now, right off the bat, have those things. We also are working on, my husband and I, another adventure that that will be run by Dream Acres is our Goats on the Go program that we signed on as an affiliate for and will be renting out the goat patch right now the herd is working through the 44 acres here that's overgrown but that will be and they year.
0: come to our <laughs> i have been talking to my husband for years about we need to hire goats and have yes. them go in our backwoods and eat all the poison ivy and eat all that stuff oh poison my goodness our
1: favorite treat yes. they love it like so Yes. True. so we'll be doing oh that Oh my goodness cat that's awesome yeah and our our candy business that that we've been doing as our, our private thing right now um, my daughter who's also uh, has FAS has been taking that business over and doing amazingly well. And that's going to be another industry that will transition here to do, uh, she and my, my first resident actually, uh, we just working candy today and we do some private label freeze dried candy and goodies and all that kind of stuff. So that's another thing. So we have so many different things to hit. Um, various interests. We have a lot of things on the horizon, some of which I'm not gonna disclose. Okay. Quite yet. you know what?
0: that will open but- the door for us to have a second
1: interview down the road. We do. and I will give just one inkling of one that is um in the works right now is I am working with a friend who raises and trains dogs for therapy and service. And we are partnering on site so that we can raise and train FASD service dogs by individuals with FASD for individuals with FASD. So love that.
0: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So I'll give you that snippet and we'll hold that detail. That is (laughs) so much. And I love how just about everything, if not everything that you talked about, ties in you know the 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 book that we all read when we first get that diagnosis is that purple book Diane Melbourne. we have it, you know we're lifting up our copies and in her book in her you know pioneer groundbreaking book she talks about the strengths of our loved ones with FASD and you are going down the list with your programs as you're talking about them you know animals outdoors Food, skills, artisans, working. It, it's just it's you're really embracing that strengths approach, that strengths based approach that we as parents, and especially we as homeschool parents, you know, because there's a huge homeschool community with, with the FASD family, you know, population, we really try to focus on that, you know, and and again, unfortunately, you you get to that 18 year age chronologically chronological age. And then there's like a cliff drop and then it's just, there's nothing. So you're building this huge bridge cat through this community, through this wonderful nonprofit. I am so, so excited to hear. And the goat thing, I saw that on, on, you know, I believe it was on Magnolia TV um, one of the, uh, shows I watched, she, it was a gardener homegrown. Yes. Yeah. I love her. And, and she hired, she's in Georgia and she hired goatscapers. capers. And, and j- my husband's like, we're not hiring goats. No, we're not. I, I'm like, it's still so funny. I, I, I have dream. been taking
1: that around for oh gosh, probably three years ever since I bought my property because I was like, that would be a fun job. Like I yes. could, tell totally, you, you know, you go out and move. And so we are, we're moving around here and, and everybody that. just loves watching them. And yeah, so. It's It's amazing. And then when you see the before and after pictures, it's like incredible. Oh my gosh. They have taken some (laughs) thick, thick areas here. Like there was one area that we thought for sure they were going to be at for like two weeks, three weeks, maybe I only have right now. I only have about, I have 16 goats out here. So it's a small herd. It's only part of what I own, but they blew through that in about a week. Wow. I mean, it was just, it's amazing. So it's so much fun and we're just having a blast at, at doing all those things, but keep in mind, you know, but God, right. Because exactly at the beginning, I told you when I started becoming a foster parent, I didn't want to parent kids with FAS. Right. I know. But, but now I'm parenting mine, somebody else's and, mm-hmm. and more down the line and, and we're loving it. We really have embraced it. We've taken, I've taken the facets training. I want to be a facets trainer. I, you know, that's just another would oh, be awesome.
0: You would be awesome, and you know. I know the joke is, especially in the faith community, is you tell God what you want, you pray for what you want, and He gives you what you need. And it's yeah.
1: oh, you know, I, I, funny I can say the that, same thing. Like people will be like, "Well," and I'm like, "No, I didn't pray for patience. I don't want the test. I didn't do that. I knew not to do that." But don't tell God no.
0: No, so, God,
1: I know. No, you know. So now we have learned. Um, you know because. I have still have two kids that are foster placements that are younger brothers of of mine, and and my husband's like, we're done, we're done, we're done. And then I heard him tell somebody the other day, well, I mean, we know their mom's gonna have another one. Like we just know they'll be. And I was yeah. like, well, you know? <laughs> yep. There's always that well, mm-hmm. yes, but I know. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness.
0: One more thing before we start talking about how people can help and how, how people can help you continue to move forward. Let's talk about the therapeutic aspect. You mentioned the animal assisted therapy and the other thing. I know that support services, medical therapy, you're considering all of that in Dreammakers. Let's, let's share how that's being addressed.
1: We are. We ultimately, I would love to have onsite clinic. That's my dream. We're not there yet, I have partnered with a few different providers in the area. I just spoke with another one this past week about, you know, I don't mind driving across town. It's not that big of a deal. I mean, we can get across town here in 15 minutes. I've lived in places where that's not even to town, you know? So we have all those options. We have everything here. If it was an individual that had other specialists that, that were even, uh, more needed. We have Kansas City, we have KU Med, we have all these opportunities. We also have right here, I mean, we have the the Washburn University that we can get individuals as they grow. We've had community partners that have stepped up and said, we'll come teach, we'll come out there and teach a finance course for your residents. We'll have, you know, so it's been really, we, we just have been very blessed with what we have. So we've looked at all those those options. So we would like to have a clinic on site. We're in the development of um a diagnostic clinic on site that to help bridge that, that easy, gap easy. as well. So again, needed because we don't have one currently in our state, mm-hmm. like so many states, but but we are working on that. And you know, looking at how to make it seamless. Uh, the resident that I have here just moved across country, so we're we're in that process of resetting up uh, doctors and you know the whole gamut. So we have some providers who are aware and are willing to be educated and learn more. That's huge. Yeah, that is huge.
0: And again, especially when we know we work so hard to educate pediatricians, you know, adolescent specialists, and then again, adults, cricket chirp. It's like, oh, hey, is there a general practitioner that knows about FASD? Is there an internist? Is there any, you know, family practitioner? No. So having those professionals, those medical professionals who are willing to learn, that is half the battle right there.
1: So I I drive my own kids like 45 minutes away to a practitioner because- She's phenomenal and totally yep. gets FAS and FASDs. And so, you know, I'm not opposed to finding whatever works for the resident and what they need. We're not opposed to to making it happen. Love that. Love that. So before we talk about how people
0: can support you, if you're a family member, if you're a young adult listening, if you know someone who you think would be a great fit for Dream Acres Talk about the application process, Kat.
1: Sure thing. You can download our application off of our website, which is dreamacresfasdcommunity.org. You could always email me or the generic email. The generic email is info at dreamacresfasdcommunity.org. Or myself as Kat at K-A-T at... um, You're welcome to call. You're welcome to come out and visit. We will set up tours. Not a problem. Um, Download that application. We have an application fee, but if any of your listeners listen in and let me know that they heard this on the podcast, I'll waive the application fee for
0: you. Yay. And we will (laughs) mention that too. I love that. Oh my goodness. That is awesome. I love that. So- you you're you're growing you have i this is like a hope infused episode for me i love hearing this cat this really just gives me so much hope now we have people who are listening maybe they have connections maybe they know somebody maybe they know people who can volunteer maybe they know people who can donate
1: how can people
0: support the Dreammakers organization
1: any way that they feel they're gifted, we will gladly take. Uh they can support via sending us a check, PayPal. We we have make donations very easy. We have some monthly supporters, which we feel pretty blessed upon. So I I call them, you know, part of my my dream makers. a dream uh, team. <laughs> yeah, a dream team. We do have an Amazon wish list if somebody feels like, hey, I want to help. It's list, it is actually pinned, I believe on our Facebook page so that there's always that, like if somebody just, you know, things that we go through, even consumables, like hot chocolate, you know, a case of hot chocolate packets or mm-hmm. microwave popcorn, or, you know, those a piece things of farm we, equipment you're not using, right? I would gladly take <laughs> yeah, it. Like yeah, we, yeah. um, we need a forestry attachment because there's things that we would like to, to do, uh, or, you know, somebody who wants to donate. Money towards our fence or a certain project, all of those things. We have lots of on site opportunities for volunteering. You know, there's lots of painting. You know, the exterior of these cabins have now been almost all pressure washed. We're working our way through that. And that's, you know, to do that. Uh, another big need our big 10,000 square foot meeting space has heat, but it does not have air conditioning because it's an old church camp, right? We should go and sweat during summer Mm -hmm. church camp. So that's one of our big needs is, is going to be fundraising for that, but we're open. You know, I, I am a firm believer that everybody is gifted. And I talk about this even with adoptive and foster families and those that want to support adoptive and foster families, everybody can care. Everybody can do something, even if they don't think they can like they can take their gifting and help in some way um and we'll we'll find a way to make it happen. I
0: keep saying I love that, but I love that it just gives <laughs> gives me hope So everything that Kat mentioned the um the links, the application, everything not only will we be putting um those uh, links and and, information in our program notes for today's episode, but we'll also be putting it in our social media links and, and, and what we share this week, uh, for, um, this week's episode. So, um, if you are interested and if you're interested in, in applying, make sure you let them know to use the FASD hope, um, code so that your application fee will be waived. And I love that. And I am just, oh my goodness, that, that gives me so much hope. First of all before we end this wonderful episode and and I'm I'm figuring out a way that I can fly cats goats to my property <laughs> <laughs> In exchange for something, we're going to barter or right, right. something. I know this is. I actually have a
1: friend, I think, that just moved to South Carolina. So, oh my <laughs> goodness. Yeah. So they can
0: come down the Eastern Seaboard. There you go. No. Oh my gosh. People who are listening today, if this is your first episode you've ever listened, we're not usually not this, you know, you could just tell that it's towards the end of the week, or actually, it's the middle of the week here. <laughs> um, we're recording this. You can tell the cat and I are just, you know, we're blowing off some steam, you know, we're venting about the wait list. And, and now we're talking about goatscaping. <laughs> In all seriousness, um, if you're listening, you know, we're just two moms. We're mm-hmm. just two moms who had to create new opportunities, not only for our young adult children, but for the community and, and the community beyond the community. And I love hearing how Dream Akers is not only serving the FASD community and serving the FASD community's families, but your community and recognizing things like the disparity and in, in fr- fresh fruits and produce and, and good food and things like that. I... I'm going to have Kat back again. Just so you know, Kat will be back again. I'm going to say probably early next year, probably in the beginning of 2024 to give us an update. We're airing this episode in August. So I'm going to have her back in early winter just so she can update us. Because, you know, when I first talked to her about a year ago about this, it was just it was just a, a dream, literally, just like the name literally. says. And and now it's becoming a reality. And it's a very cool reality because Kat and I both know that interdependence, no matter how it looks, it looks different for every person because FASD looks different for every person. But interdependence is something that can give us hope and can say, hey, you know what? Our kids can have a future and we don't have to think about, um, the the what ifs we can say okay we're changing things because there's nothing out there so we need to to be pioneers so um cat just before we end our on our hope takeaway on behalf of everybody listening thank you so much for for creating dream makers for our our kids and I say kids affectionately we know we we'll call them kids they are you know. kids no matter what yeah how. exactly.
1: I mean- Exactly. My mom, up until when she passed away, I'm always her baby. and oh, yeah, I, exactly. yeah, you know, yeah. they are <laughs> our kids, whether they're, you know, eighteen or thirty five or they're always our
0: kids, exactly. So this whole episode has been a hope takeaway for me. It really, really has. You are on this hard journey, mom of eleven, nonprofit starter. Um, Twice, you know, uh, with Kansas (laughs) FASD Support Network and now with TreeMakers, which you're still working hard with uh, Kansas FASD Support Network. Um, Let's talk about um, real quick before we end anything happening with Kansas FASD Support Network. We're airing this a month before FASD Awareness Month. Any big initiatives happening uh, with Kansas FASD Support Network?
1: Yeah, you know, when this airs, they would have come back from NACAC. Uh we have uh Dr. Petrinko coming, um, sitting with us on a on a session. We also are hosting FASD Run event with our awareness event on September 9th, and that's in Kansas City. So look forward to that. Uh, DreamMakers is one of the platinum sponsors that yes. run. So yeah. it's been a fun, a fun mix. I look forward to that event. I think it'll be lots of fun. If people want to come out, get to know a little bit, you know, like you said, we get a diagnosis and we don't know, we don't know where to turn who's around us. So if you're listening and you have the diagnosis for one of your kids, maybe it's a new diagnosis, maybe it's an older diagnosis and you just feel like you need connection, come out to that event. Uh, we are taking, um, registrations, but you can always just come out. Uh, It's so important to have that community and connection. We do have a online support group. We have some in-person meetup and support groups. So there's lots of opportunities with the Kansas FASD support network to get plugged in and know that you are not alone. And that is the
0: first of two hope takeaways (laughs) <laughs> that is a hope takeaway for Kansas FASD Support Network, which we, again, episode 99, almost two years ago, loved. What is your hope takeaway in our conversation about Dream Acres, that listeners can just go, yeah, you know what? It's going to be okay.
1: You know, I am not, I'm not special. I am doing this, like I said, I didn't plan on this. This was not on my radar at all. We we often in, in our faith journey get, you know, we know, we get told that God's not going to give you more than you can handle. Yes, he does. He equips you afterwards or sends the people to help support you. It's so important to be okay with asking for help or making that connection. And I think we need to do that and model that for our kids because we want them to become self-advocates. I'm trying now with my five-year-old to teach him to be an advocate. It's okay to ask for help because he looks at a pile of clothes and doesn't know what they are. He can't get dressed. You know, there's just days like that and trying to teach that. So I think it's important, but that's one thing. Learning your voice and use your voice, learning to teach your kids to use their voice learning that normal is only a setting on the dryer. That is a phrase that I heard from a dear friend many years ago, as I became a foster parent and and adopting. And it's so true. Normal is only a setting on the dryer. Life is not normal. Everybody's life is what is normal for them. You know what I mean? Like we don't, we, we have to lay aside the expectations of society for our kids and I think we learned that even you probably did, Natalie, as a homeschooling parent, you know, you set aside those expectations of what society and others think your kids should be doing. And, and and we need to do that. Just know that what other people see as normal is just what they're capable of. And our kids are so smart and strong in their own areas that they'll they'll be OK. You'll be OK. You'll get there. There's a big community community. To just come around and, and hold you up. That is a hope takeaway that I personally needed to hear.
0: Oh my goodness. Kat <laughs> Meinhart of Dream Acres, you will be back. I will gladly Fasty come hope. back. I look forward to it. I love <laughs> and we'll, visiting we'll have, you, it, we'll have another venting session and we'll figure out the goatscaping. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you again, Kat, for being on A Fasty Hope. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Becchione. Make sure you don't miss a single episode by liking and following FASD Hope anywhere you find your podcasts. Remember to be informed, take care, and always have hope.